Cristo. Ladies and gentlemen, we are tonight. We are going to witness the most anticipated match in the history of professional wrestling. And this is the main event of the evening. Please welcome your host for today. Jason is here. Dude, I, I swear to God, I'm not as big an asshole as it sounds like. Troy is here. Hey, I called him like I see some, all right? And Taz is here. I mean, Sal is here. Look at it this way. The first thing we've done together as a team. I grab my dick, you grab your dick, you work my arm, I work your arm. Same time. Same time. It's like jerking off together, but not gay. We're not touching dicks. Each other's dicks anyway. I'm touching my dick. You're working it, and I'm loving it. Well, enough is enough, and it's time for The Rundown. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Rundown Wrestling Podcast, unintentionally offensive wrestling podcast. I am your host, Troy, with... Christ. With me today, at least in part, Jason is here. 39. 39. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm here. Uh, it's it's yeah, NBA draft night, and my team is shitting the bed on the draft. So I'm a little frustrated, but so let's fucking talk about some wrestling, because it's going to be bothering me less than what's going on in, in Brooklyn tonight. So cool. Let's do it. All right. Also here tonight, Sal. <laughs> what's up, Troy and Jason? How are we doing? Uh, so before we get into the episode proper, Jason, why don't you tell us what people could be doing right fucking now? I'm jerking off. Oh, you mean if they're watching us on YouTube? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, you got to be more specific. Uh, oh, if you're sorry. watching us on YouTube, you can look at the right-hand side of your screen. You will see a little chat box, or if you're on mobile, I think it's underneath. Um, it's called the Smathers Lounge for our particular uses. You can go in there. You can say whatever you want. You can wear whatever you want. You can play with whatever you want. We ain't here to judge. But if you type anything in there, we'll read it on the show. We'll let you know what we think about it. You can share your thoughts with the show, and we'll share our penises with you. I mean, thoughts, thoughts, something like that. Penis, peni, whatever. All right, so let's get into this episode proper by talking about some dudes. Uh, So we had round two of the Hottest Male Talent Tournament. A big one this week is we had 16 matchups, so we're just going to go ahead and go... It's a lot of dicks. Um, At least 30. (laughs) Uh... (laughs) Well, 16, who, who are the two that don't have dicks? I said at least 30. I wasn't okay. saying that I knew for sure two don't have dicks. I'm just saying there's a margin of error there. I mean, because if they didn't have dicks, that might skew the voting if people knew about that. Right, which is why we didn't let anyone know if they don't have dicks. Uh, so because of the fact that we've got so many, we're just going to go ahead and go right through the results here before we uh, get into what our third round matchups are. Our first matchup, Roman Reigns versus Cousin Jimmy Uso. With 80% of the votes, Roman Reigns moves on. Then we have... Rough for the Usos. mm, Then we have guys with eight letters in their names. Tony Nese versus John Cena. (laughs) With with 62% of the votes, Tony Nese moves on. Oh my god, the premier athlete just beat Ernest. (laughs) Uh, Xavier Woods versus Bobby Lashley. 
And with 74% of the votes, Xavier Woods moves on. Wait. The right. Almighty lost. Wow. Yeah, well, people don't like him. <laughs> uh, Tyler Breeze versus Bobby Roode. And with 65% of the votes, Tyler Breeze advances. Eh, not my Tyler Breeze. <laughs> Drew McIntyre. Was I wrong about that? No, nope, okay. not at all. Okay, I, I, you know, that it just very much struck me yesterday watching him in the ring with the other two guys. It, I mean, this isn't even like the first run NXT Tyler Breeze. This is like Mike Dalton area of his. Yeah, fucking there it is. Like, yeah. So yeah, I, I had to go back myself and look when he said. It. I was like, I was like, why, why is he wearing that? <laughs> like, where do you even get it from? Uh, anyways. Uh, Drew McIntyre versus Elias with 68% of the votes. Drew McIntyre moves on. And we had Daddy Dash Wilder versus Mike Kanellis. And with 76% of the votes, Dash Wilder advances. We had the Russian hotness Randy Orton versus EC3. And with 73% of the votes, the Viper. Because the other guy has a fucking number in his name. That's right. Uh, Seth, R- Seth Rollins took on Ali, and Seth Rollins took home 66% of the votes. Uh, then we had Rick O'Shea versus Cesaro. Uh, now, I don't know if uh, Rick O'Shea's penchant for sticking fingers in his ass had anything to do with this result. Uh, but with, 50, uh, with 55% of the votes, Cesaro advances. You are the rumor starter, man. You got uh, Ginger believing that that's really him. How do you not believe that that's him? It's his fucking tattoo. <laughs> you didn't can see his see face. <laughs> so? You didn't see Tony it's... Storm's face in her video either. Oh, that's a good yeah. point. <laughs> but, but you know you know how you could tell it was Tony Storm? Because her fucking hand tattoo. You know you could tell it was Ricochet? Because he's got a very fucking gigantic fucking titty tattoo, an arm tattoo that matches directly. Could have been The Rock. True. <laughs> <laughs> Seamus took on Humberto Carrillo, and with 57% of the votes, Seamus advances. Wow, apparently wow. the ladies like the translucency. Okay. <laughs> I don't, I don't understand it myself, but sure. Budrick Murphy took on Sami Zayn. Battle the Redheads. And winning by just one vote. Whoa. Sami Zayn moves on. Wow. Because he does stuff for people in third world countries. Hey, man, you know. He's got a fun personality. Yeah. Sure. Uh, the Miz took on Apollo Crews, and with <laughs> 69% of the votes, The Miz moves on. I hope the reality star can beat Apollo Crews. <laughs> Finn Balor took on Adolf Ziggler, mm. and with 91% of the votes, <laughs> oh, wow. Finn Balor moves on. Uh, Batista took on Carl Anderson. With 54% of the votes, Batista moves on. They all know Batista's like 58, right? <laughs> Doesn't matter, man. He's Batista great does chip not account. have a hot Asian wife. No. That's right? <laughs> right. Andrade took on Dean Ambrose, and with 56% of the votes, I finally can stop Googling Dean Ambrose, because Andrade moves on. Nice. Thank God. Here we go. And now our final match. Actual WWE people in the WWE tournament. That's right. And our final matchup of the of the round, Fandango took on Zack Ryder, and with 62% of the votes, Zack Ryder's taking his bald spot home. Fandango moves on. Oh, 
say, Jesus. <laughs> so, Fandango. Or Johnny Curtis, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> it's still Fandango. Uh, so, round three. You can go right now to runonwrestling.com and vote for you, for these eight matchups in round three. We have Roman Reigns versus Tony Nese. Uh, ironically, best friends Xavier Woods versus Tyler Breeze. Mm. Drew McIntyre versus Daddy Dash Wilder. Uh, Randy Orton versus Seth Rollins. Oh. The Man, Bar. Ra- Randy Orton. And Randy Randy. Uh, the Bar face each other as Cesaro takes on Sheamus. Ooh. Uh, Sami Zayn versus The Miz. Oh. Finn Balor versus Batista. Oh, and that's a Dave. <laughs> and Andrade versus Fandango. Hmm, that's interesting. Again, you can head there right now to rundownwrestling.com and vote. Uh, come on, there it is. <laughs> Sorry, my thing did my my uh, my app didn't update, and I was missing a couple of main event topics or uh, perfect ten topics. And speaking of the perfect ten, a ten, a ten, a fucking ten. It's the perfect time. <laughs> uh, we start things off by talking about how freakishly strong Cesaro is. So we had a uh, was it? It was four people, right? Yeah, four, four person. Yeah. A four person match to decide who was going to be taking on Joey Samoe at the uh, at WWE's Foot Fetish. Five. Which, which did five I miss something? Five. Did sorry, they, yeah, five. Did they at any point prior to this say it was single elimination? Or did they just decide that as the match started? Because I don't remember ever hearing I, that. I swear to God, they decided it like mid match. They were just like, um, we're just gonna do more pins. Sure. No, I, they they said it as soon as the match started, but that was the first time that they said it. <laughs> I didn't Cole, catch it then. I oh, Cole. Fucking... Cole said it was single elimination. Yeah. Um. So Cesaro, Braun Strowman, Rick O'Shea, The Miz. And who else was it? McIntyre? No. Um, Ron Roman, The Miz. So, oh, uh, Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley, that's who it was. Yeah, uh, yeah so they, they faced off in to see who was going to go on. Now, Ricochet winds up getting the win here, but <laughs> the big thing I want to talk about was Cesaro just straight fucking picking Braun Strowman up and slamming him. Yeah. Like... The guy doesn't look like he should be that strong. Why? I mean, he did it to the big show. Why the fuck right. is this? I know, but uh, oh, I know he did it to the big show, and that's what I'm what I'm saying is the guy continues to be a fucking freak. He's a mutant. Like, I don't know. He, he's a fucking cyborg because regardless of his feats of strength, he also gets completely uh, destroyed by Ricochet. And I don't know if it was this week or last week, but off the six thirty. Yeah. When Ricochet landed on his knee and he just gets up and shakes it off like, eh, it's fine. I'm good. He wrestled the next. He wrestled the next week. All of us were like, oh, fuck, Cesaro again is going down. And then all of a sudden it's like, nope, he's fine. Like, Dude, this how? Guy, this guy got his fucking teeth knocked into his skull, yes. continued <laughs> yep. the match and wrestled the next night. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. So, by the, uh, so I have to ask, is that why he has the braces now? Yeah, I think they're just kind of like realigning everything. Although you think he get Invisalign, but whatever. Maybe it doesn't I, go well with wrestling. I don't know. I I don't know how how permanent Invisalign is in your mouth. I would assume that there that there is a chance that it might fly out or it might fly down your throat. So maybe yeah, that's the safer option. But yeah, man, um, this match I thought was really good too. 
Um, I thought it was it, it showed everyone's you know strengths. Obviously, uh, Ricochet got to look like a fucking boss. Uh, I also love the fact that we started this match with every single person annihilating Elias. <laughs> just, <laughs> So that it's was like the best part. Everybody oh, just yeah. took a shot at Elias as they entered the ring, yeah. including Miz. Oh, what did Miz do? Miz counted the Cesaro swings. Yes, he got up at the top of the. Yeah. So then the other thing too was like, I mean, you you had the bad, you had the heels doing it too, but I also like the fact that when Ricochet got in, he kind of looked at him and was like, well, I mean, everyone else is doing it. I guess I should do Everybody it. Like, else he almost, doing it. Like he almost felt bad about doing it. <laughs> I know. No, that was uh, kind of hilarious. I will say that. Yeah, I mean it was uh, a, it was a funny way to open Raw. It was something different. It wasn't you know over a, a segment. Yeah, it wasn't <laughs> like ridiculously done promos this time. It was I, I thought it was it was refreshing. I liked it. And we yeah. had a match for stakes within the yes. first you know fifteen minutes, which no, that was the, that was United, No, 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 it was for a contendership for the United States Championship. Sal. Yes, yes. <laughs> so you were going that. I was going heavy machinery reference. <laughs> Right, I meant there were stakes <laughs> attached to the match. Oh, okay, okay. I make that makes sense. Um, but yeah, so I mean, this so this started off um, our, our night of Seth Rollins as well, sort of uh, putting a hit on any single person that wanted to be the special guest referee. So obviously Corbin or not Corbin, uh, Elias was the first person, obviously, and he wound up getting five people to fucking take him out as well. Um, but then later on, uh, we had EC3 come out, and then he get blast, got blasted by a chair, uh, which led to a rather comical moment with the New Day, where they weakened and burned him. Um, which I don't, I don't know if you guys saw um, his response on Twitter to this, uh, but EC3 said, "Every time I make you laugh, I die a little inside." <laughs> so. That's yeah. kind of sad. But you know, see, here's the thing. Now, it's it's sort of his character now because Why he started. Why the fuck did they call that guy up? What? I don't know. What the I fuck? Like, they, they never even let him really establish himself again down in NXT. He was on one one takeover, I think, and mm-hmm. had just sort of started a program with somebody. I forget. Maybe it was Adam Cole. Actually, it was um, Adam Cole right before mm-hmm. he left. They call him up. They do these big fucking packages. They wait mm-hmm. months. They don't let him talk. It was just like, it was ridiculous. He's joked about how badly they misused him during his first run. This, this is, is worse. worse. <laughs> yeah, it really is. And here's another opportunity for them to give him a little time. And then they just joke him out again. He just becomes a fucking joke again. Um, at least with like the some of the other people that have been been doing the twenty four seven thing, they've been getting some good. Now like EC three and Drake had were were doing really good, and I was like, well maybe this is actually going to lead to something. And then they did this, which yes, like I laugh, but at the same time, it's like he doesn't fucking deserve that. Like he's not a he's not a comedy wrestler, you know. Yeah. Like if that was if that was Heath Slater in that spot, he's Heath is a comedy wrestler. You'd be like, okay, that makes total fucking sense. That's what he does. EC3 is a guy who's trying to be like a serious dude. Now, like I said, it's it's sort of led to this new character of his where he is like depressed wrestler, I guess. Ugh, I, I suppose uh, because we've we've seen that he's he kind of plays it up on Twitter, which I'm sure is just him being partly real, you know, like 
but also yeah like just his like mannerisms stuff like that with his entrance i was just like e c three yeah you want to you want to know what's depressing when when they were running the vignettes for the nxt6 which included lars sullivan lacey evans uh heavy machinery ec3 and nikki cross every one of those people are going to be featured at uh stomping grounds you know minus large because the injury but every one of them has gotten a push except for ec3 i wouldn't say nikki gross has gotten a push well she's, she's going to be part of that that title match one way or another she's either going to be a ringside or she's going to cost well we'll get into that later but yeah. i you know nikki at least nikki probably the least of them all but still nikki is being pushed more than ec3 that's true. I'm not. I'm not saying she's not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you. When they announced that those six on December seventeenth, there was no way I thought that he was going to be the one that was going to be dropped out. No fucking way. Yeah. Well, and you know, Lars, it's yet to be seen what they decide to do with him because. Well, I mean, the injury kind of warps everything because they. I feel like they were putting him in a spot of prominence, but mm-hmm. now who knows? Now we're talking nine months. Who the fuck knows? Yeah. I mean. It, it sort of seems like maybe Lucha House Party got their wish because they sure. were intending to injure him every time they went out there. So well, they did their job. Um, right. Look, this this is the part where I think uh, a lot of people on this show are going to get mad at me. Um, I did not really enjoy Seth and his best friend Chair this week. It's just like, who the fuck's the face here and who the fuck's the heel? Because not only did Seth for no fucking reason, start jumping people with a chair. People like, you know, on much lower levels of the car. Like, it's not like he's jumping Brock anymore. Uh, he's he's literally jumping the, the WWE 24-7 title pitcher. Okay. I, I, okay, so I understand that, but this, this felt to me like a little bit of The Rock and Stone Cold when they were faces back in the Attitude Era, where Stone Cold was going on giving stunners to backstage hands, you know? Ah, like, and, yes, but Austin didn't need a weapon. You know what I mean? That that's the part that is egregious to me. No, like, I. The thing is, is that is you know Seth right now is he's got his back against the wall. He's got Corbin and all his friends, so this is his equalizer. So I didn't have a problem with him going and taking a chair to everyone who who he he deemed to be siding with Corbin to try to take his championship away from him. I didn't have that big of a problem with it, but you know I but I understand. If you're looking for him to be more of that that clean cuts, never do anything wrong, baby face, then yeah, it makes no sense for him to do that. But if you're looking for him to be sort of this new age sort of anti-hero kind of thing, then it makes perfect sense for his character to do these kind of things. But Jason, what's what's your take on it? I, you know, it was I sort of liked it, and I liked it for a very specific reason. Um, in recent time. We've never seen, or we haven't seen in a long time, a face be an aggressor. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen a lot of the face being sort of the idiot. We've seen a lot of the face being, you know, the victim of the authority and just blah, 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 or goofy or silly or stupid. In this case, we saw a face recognize an opportunity to help himself out and do so, and mm-hmm. do so in a way that made sense. That was logical and somewhat entertaining. So I sort of dug it. Like I, it wasn't. I didn't have any problems with it. I liked it. And uh, John, but then he got side, jumped at the end of the night. Well, sure. Like all, 
all the people who he wronged throughout the episode, like, came and attacked him during the main event. And, like, again, that just, to me, that dynamic is weird. Like, I didn't have a problem when he did it to Brock. Because you look at the size of Brock and what Brock's done in the past. But I kind of have a problem. Maybe it's because, you know, I've always been a fan of EC3 or, or whoever, right? But, like, it's like, really? Those guys are going to be the ref so you jump them? I mean, eh, I don't know. I mean, like, but, attack Corbin, sure, because he's your opponent, but... Yeah, but, I mean, if if John Cena did a low blow to Brock Lesnar to win, people would be like, he's turning heel, you know, like... <laughs> That's true. So, so yeah. for... This is so Seth hit him with a low blow to win the championship. He's hit him with a low blow to retain it. So why is it out of the out of the ordinary that he would use a chair to be an equalizer and a thing? Then you know Seth is kind of a dirty guy, but he's he's a likable you know kind of he's he's that shades of gray that we had been hearing we were going to be getting in WWE. You know that we've where been it wasn't some for a while that we've been wanting yeah where because right now the roster is a bunch of chicken shit heels. And a bunch of clean-cut white meat baby faces, right. and like that gets boring when it's you know where do you really have a heel who's not a fucking chicken shit right now? Like they all seem to be, you know. Dolph Ziggler can't fucking attack Kofi Kingston head on, you maybe know. Maybe Drew, mean, maybe Drew. Drew cheap shots people and hits them from behind. Mm-hmm. Drew, Drew destroyed a fucking dude who asked for a raise this week, like yeah. with his back turned to him. Like that's, that's while he was on the like, phone with his family. Oh, that's yeah. right. He did yeah. wait yeah. till and then stole his phone. <laughs> by the way, by the way, it's not on the list. But can we just give props to the revival for that? The tremendous the improv of stealing the money and the phone yes. and walking away oh with my it. God. Oh my gosh! Oh, it was fantastic. Uh, John on the side says I was with him right up until Eric Young. Uh, I thought Eric <laughs> Young had a credible enough explanation that hitting him with the chair seemed like injury to insult that has been his booking. So, I guess John's a John's an Eric Young guy. Um, so, but at the same time, though, here's here's my thing: they were used, and they were used in a main event program. Now, there nothing might happen because of it, but Eric Young got TV time. You know, the B team got TV time. EC3 got TV time. You know, Eric here's, Young here's got my as much problem. TV time is like the extras in in the friggin' Adam Rose party. You know what I mean? But Rusev wasn't on. I know that's true. Shinsuke Nakamura wasn't on. So the only real problem I have with this whole thing was the um, the lack of logic on Seth's part. Like the match isn't going to happen unless there's a referee. I mean, somebody's going to take that job. So. You can keep knocking these people off, but there's going to be somebody else. And by the way, all of them were back on their feet by the end of the show, as Sal pointed out. So why the fuck are we to believe they're incapable now of being referee on Sunday? Right. I think he's trying. He's he's trying to make them scared, but the fact, but when we went off the air raw, they definitely didn't seem scared. No, it was a a logic fail. Yeah, yeah, we shouldn't have seen them again. As as (laughs) exactly. Um. So, let's go ahead and round out Raw here um, by discussing the Firefly Funhouse. So, um, this episode here, uh, I said it in the host thread, I'll say it again on here. Uh, This definitely felt like the final... Okay, I mean, we don't have to fight over who's going to delete stuff. I was doing it. (laughs) Alright, thank you. Uh, I I just don't want to delete my numbers on there. Okay. So otherwise, this is what's going to happen. Uh, so yeah, so um, 
this to me definitely felt like the last one. Now we've heard from production people saying that this was the last one. Um, I I really enjoyed this, and we're going to talk about it. I didn't enjoy the fact that we replayed it on SmackDown. Um, They've been doing that every week. I know, but well, we also we'll get... don't know which brand he's on. Yeah, right. I mean, I suppose in this day and age, it really doesn't fucking matter anymore. Right, but... it doesn't. We'll get to that. So if <laughs> this if this was the last one, I think it's safe to assume we won't see him now for another two months. Probably. And then by the time everyone forgets, then he'll make his reappearance. Probably. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so we had um, essentially this was just him kind of like recapping everything for us um, and and letting us know you know that he built this place for his friends and everything like that and. Um, we still didn't get like a hundred percent word on what exactly was going on here. Um, there's there's a lot of of different theories for what's going on on this. Obviously, yes, Sally, you had something to say. Yeah, speaking of the theories, I heard an interesting one this week that the whole it's not Dean Ambrose. No, but the whole cast, you know, join us, join us. This will now move Bray to phase two, where maybe he is joined by this time other wrestlers. Maybe he starts this dark faction, kind of like a ministry sort of deal. Maybe. I mean, it's an interesting thought. So, I mean, we don't, so it, it's almost like he'd become a cult leader? Yeah. Well, do you think the whole join us thing was done by accident? I mean, obviously, they're going oh, some why, direction I mean, with it. Y2J never saved us. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it necessarily means anything. I mean, Bray Wyatt used to say follow the buzzards because he wanted you to follow him. Yeah. And now it's follow into the leader. His cult. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, now it's follow the leader. So yeah, I don't know. It's, it's the same shit he did before. Now, if if it happens to be one of those cases like where he becomes sort of like the right to censor where after they beat people, they join them. You know, oh, I hope then, so. Then I'd be, that's, <laughs> I really especially, hope so. Especially if he's going to feud with people who could use some help, you know, like Harper. <clears throat> <clears throat> Sorry, a little something in my throat there. Uh, <laughs> go ahead. Can, can I just say I want a fucking soundtrack of all those remixes of the Muscle Man dance because some of those are ah! fucking great. They're some good, some of them were fucking, great. Man. I think they got Eminem to do the rap one. That sounded like sounded Eminem. Like that him, sounded dude. like Eminem. Absolutely, it did. Oh my god, the rap one was great. By the way, yeah. Um, yeah. So again, so when they started doing that, I was like, I, I thought, okay, this is his theme music. Like the muscle man dancing is his theme music with that, and I was expecting him to come out, and then we cut to Eric Rowan and Dana Bryan talking. I did notice though that we cut to Eric Rowan first instead of Dana Bryan, the bigger star, after the end of the the Bray Wyatt thing. So maybe they're hinting at you know Rowan's going to team back up with him, but yeah, I think it is foreshadowing point, I mean, of so- is something they've done really well at lately. I'd give him a ton of credit in that regard. For sure. Yeah. No, but Bray has done really well in the past two months. Yeah, and, yeah. Bray does really well until they pull the rug out from under his feet. <laughs> well, <laughs> and, okay. And all of his, all of his foreshadows for nothing. It's just like, well, I'm. Let, I'm let's say this is the end of the Firefly Funhouse, right? As far as like you said, the skits they filmed. Um, I had wrote this in my notes. I enjoyed this, and I enjoyed the whole thing of it. Um, I am a little bit leery as to okay, well, now what? Because there has to be a now what, and Lord knows this is where I think WWE might fuck it up. So, for what it was the past ten weeks, I've enjoyed it. It's been intriguing. It's been the better part of Raw more often than not. Now, I would assume they're not going to put all that money into something just to not do anything with it. I would assume. You know what I mean? Yeah, they definitely have 
never done that before. No. Jason, uh, where would you go with this next <laughs> if you had the book? So, Anywhere. <laughs> so I think I've said this before. Um, I would bring the Fire High, Firefly Funhouse Bray Wyatt. Why do you have such a problem saying it? I don't it? know. I really <laughs> couldn't tell you. Um, it might have something to do with my recording schedule from last night. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Um, but the, uh, no, if, if it were up to me, I would introduce him as the jovial you know, host and blah, blah, blah. And I would make the fiend similar to the demon and something we don't see all the time. It's something that's saved for specific instances, specific stories, somewhere out of nowhere. Um, to me, that's the way to go. Cause I think the effect of something like the fiend gets lost. If you see it all the time. I agree. See, and, and I would have, I would have went uh, a couple weeks ago. I would have said maybe this this character is like a, a abyss Joseph Parks thing, but we had Bray threatening to bring the fiend in, so clearly he's in control of it. So that yeah. that's where it, where it makes it seem like he might wrestle in his muscle man dance gear, and then if shit gets real, then he brings the fiend in, like Jason said. I mean, that's uh, what I we might like. be looking at the faces of Foley kind of thing here. Yeah, right. Where they, they they exist, they know each other exists, but they don't know they're the same person. Yeah. You well, know? and then and then on top of that, like we do still have the possibility that he brings back his old gimmicks too, because he has brought these guys in Huskus to his house. Yeah. Huskus he shined a light on them. Like. Yeah. So maybe he shows up as Husky Harris one of these times, or maybe he shows up as like. Bayou Bray Wyatt and things like that. And you're just Bayou like, Bray Wyatt. <laughs> I mean, that's what he kind of was, wasn't it? Now, now I want a video game of Bray Wyatt in Bayou form. <laughs> All I can tell uh, you is I want the Vince Puppet to be the new general manager of Raw. That's oh that God, fucking thing is so amazing. <laughs> I love that they brought him back again for this one too. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's it the it, it it's definitely intriguing and and we will definitely have to see. Um, obviously, with the um, WWE Footjackers coming up this weekend, there is a chance that he shows up and does something in there. But uh, um, I would assume we're probably going to wait until Monday for that and maybe start building up towards Extreme Rules, which, of course, is sort of the perfect venue for Bray to exactly. to come back at, you know, for an Extreme Rules match. 100%. Extreme Rules. Taking names and breaking rules. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, so we had I had I had one oh, sorry we had two big highlights from SmackDown and then something kind of shady so let's start with the highlights of it um, so the twenty four seven championship on Raw was sort of a non factor um, we had one little skit where Carmella and our truth were uh, were dressed up Carmella was Hitler which I thought was a little offensive they only um, have they, they only have three hours on Raw and they needed to get seven Shane McMahon skits in there Tori I mean come on. Well, Oh, trust me. Just just you wait until uh, this weekend when the second episode of Blue Fist comes out and we talk about the numerous times that Shane Triple H and China show up on the second episode of SmackDown. <laughs> I, I'd be curious, in a three-hour broadcast, like take out the commercial time. I wonder how much time was actually devoted to Shane McMahon on that show. I guarantee someone's got oh, that stat somewhere. Somebody couple, has to have done the math. Because yeah. It was a lot. Yeah. A couple of weeks ago. Me, Troy, and Ginger did an episode of The Rundown, and Troy was kind enough to let us know that two hours had been dedicated to Shane on yeah, that week's I, program. Yeah, I, I had read that two hours on, on that week's program <coughs> on SmackDown was dedicated to Shane McMahon. That's uh, ridiculous. I mean, SmackDown's only two hours. 
So no, no, Raw and SmackDown and Raw. Yeah, Shane was I on screen for two hours. Find that hard to believe. I mean, five. Remember, uh, remember this. This was the one where where Shane came out and had his long long promo, and then did the match with Lance and Noi, mm-hmm. and then came back later in the night, and then on SmackDown had another big big part of it too. So. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. even still, you're talking about so it's a five hour show with commercials. Factor take out commercials. Now you're talking probably what four hours between the two shows combined. I'm thinking. I'm, I'm thinking. So I'm thinking that they counted because I, I had read this. I think that they had counted the commercial time in there. Okay. So it was it was going off. It was two hours of a every five hour week is what it was. But then you're still talking about four hours of actual wrestling time, uh, two of which is devoted to Shane. I find that I I could be wrong, but I find that I, I tend. To I, I really time. wouldn't doubt if it's not two, it was close because I mean he multiple segment segments. You get to figure at least ten or fifteen minutes each time he's on camera uh, for two days. So I mean, add it up, you know. Uh, uh, so so yeah. Oh, so. and by the way, fucking Miz pointed out. That Shane has done, but done nothing but taken up TV time, and first troubles got the shit kicked out of him this week. Yeah, I mean we're we're talking again about the fact that the the wild card rule has already made time a premium for a lot of these guys because they have been having so many people do pull double duty, and then you put then a almost fifty year old guy who's not a full time wrestler then as your top heel, and yeah, I can understand why a lot of the talent are probably pretty frustrated with that. Um, but uh, we're trying to trying to stay positive on this one because over on SmackDown, uh, we had uh, we finally finally ended a program with a different 24/7 champion because as our truth was getting ready to leave in his vehicle, he realized that Carmella was standing by him. But oh wait, it wasn't Carmella. It was Drake Maverick in a wig and outfit. Uh, Drake manages to roll up. Our truth fake tits hit the ground, and our and uh, Drake Maverick, your new 24/7 champion, hops in the vehicle, almost crashes it. By the way, if you go back and watch, <laughs> he has to quickly swerve at the end that he's going by, and proceeds to take that championship straight to his wedding. Well, he's getting charged with grand theft auto this week, so. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I, I, going, That's my car. <laughs> I assume at some point this week we're going to get like a 24/7 title change at his wedding. I was hoping yeah, so. Probably. I mean, that would be fantastic. Like, well, see, and he's already he's already shown pictures that he does have it at the wedding because uh, it was like him, EC3, and Braun Strowman were were there and they were taking a bunch of pictures of it. Yeah, Braun Strowman is like best friends with those two guys. They they constantly hang out with each other. It's weird, but it's, it's, but it's the case. I was actually glad that they didn't have him with the title on 205. I was nervous they were going to forget that continuity arc and, and do that, but they, they didn't, so good on them. Uh, just mm-hmm. to catch up on the side a little bit, because we fell behind a little bit, uh, Smathers popped in and said uh, Bray Wyatt would be a real heel if he ever gets on TV, uh, to which John responded that Bray's going to get a huge pop when he shows up. I sort of agree with John on that one. Uh, John says replaying, on, uh, replaying it on SmackDown is better than, on, than all the Raw recaps we got on SmackDown. Hold more on that. More on that later, John. Yeah. Uh, he said the the Wyatt Bray Wyatt's group needs to not just be a Wyatt family reboot, and said if indeed there is a group, uh, we see the demon just as often as we see Finn lately. Fair point. Uh, sure. Dolph's promos have been awful while we're on while we're on SmackDown. Uh, I 
I actually liked Dolph's promo this week, right up until the Sunday, 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 oh like that gosh. part. Right up until then, he had me, and then he lost me. Um, and then Smathers said, to be fair, Spud is used... Oh, Spud is used to the steering wheel being on the other side of the car. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, it, if we're gonna quickly hit on on Adolf, I'm just I'm just over him. It's it, it would take it didn't take it would, long, did it? <laughs> no, it would it would take something. I mean, no, no, I was over him last year. No, no, I mean? that's what I mean. But yeah, like, yeah. he comes yeah. back after being out for six months. You think, all right, it's a little bit fresh, but it's really not. You know, who's, no. you know who's not over him. WWE management, because yep. he's in the advertisements for Night of Champions against Kofi Kingston. Yep, oh, yep. he oh, is. Yeah. <laughs> so, and and that's sort of my issue here is that I feel like the Dolph Ziggler character has, to me personally, and it's my opinion, but to me, the Dolph Ziggler character has been ruined beyond repair, and he needs something new and fresh. And this is, this is kind of the same thing he's been doing to me. I was so, gonna say this is not it. This yeah, is this just, is not it. So this is just so, him so, turned his volume up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So, so to me, like, uh, I didn't think. So, so he's not ruined, and, and we keep going back to that word. And I hate no, no, that no. Word. I didn't say ruined. No, no. Troy did, but um, the problem is, if he wins that championship on Sunday, it's a new thing because then we go through this, and he actually does what he says he's going to do, and now he goes on a little bit of a run with that title. It is rebuilt. He is fresh. He is new, and you've got something to run with. Right, but I, I didn't say he was ruined. I said his character to me was ruined, and he, his character needs a change because this is the exact same Kobe, uh, not Kobe, This is the exact same Dolph that left and disappeared for a while. This is the, the you know, and to me he just bores me at this point. So I, I need something new if he's going to do something. Otherwise, he just just go back away because I didn't miss him. You know. No, that that's absolutely. Correct. If if yeah. he if he walks away and he sh- with that title and then he shows up on SmackDown and goes, "It is me." Then yeah, great. It is something new. I I don't see that happening. I don't. I see Dolph as a legit placeholder and just getting a so, title shot to get to the next pay per view. So this is interesting. yeah, but this is interesting. But, but go ahead, sorry. Go, yeah, but if Dolph wins the championship at at uh, Footjackers. And then turns around, and loses at Night of Champions. Then at least it's something. Uh, I, if, I thought if, the next pay per view was Extreme Rules. Isn't Night of Champions in like September? Oh yeah, that's right, sorry, true. So if he if he wins it here, then they have another match at Extreme Rules or something like that, and you know it's something. But yeah, the obviously you know you take it with a grain of salt what those actual you know like bookings are right now for Night of Champions because most of it is just placeholder text anyways. But go ahead, Jason. Um, it brought up an interesting thing because one of the things he said was that I didn't miss him. And one of the conversations we had on the show recently was once Ambrose was gone, I said I don't think anybody would miss him. And even despite the fact that he's doing, he's getting a big pop in AEW and getting a lot of press, I don't miss him on the WWE product. I don't know about you mm-hmm. guys. Like, I don't watch it and go, shit, you know what's really mi-? Like, when Roman was gone, I found myself going, yeah, this show's really missing Roman. Yeah, I don't feel that way about Ambrose at all. You know what's yeah. fucked? I, I might be the only one, but I, I miss John Cena on the WWE programming. That's a fair point. I really fucking do. And like, and to and to go with what you just said, no. I, look, I'm glad Ambrose is doing something outside the WWE, and and what he's doing outside the WWE works for him. But 
talk about stale. There was nothing left for him in WWE. Nothing, nothing, nothing. I, I mean, what, what, what would you have done to rebuild that? Put a gas mask on him? Oh, wait, tried that, failed horribly. So, Pooper scooper. Uh, so that's this is the brings Good up the shit. thing about Dolph. They they've done this with Dolph repeat. You know when Dolph was interesting? Dolph the last time Dolph was interesting was when he fought Miz for the IC title. Mm. And he almost retired, but then he ended up winning the title. And then the second he won that title, he just kind of went back to right, being Dolph. That was that was because that was the first time that he had done his whole, you know, like if if I fail, I'm I'm done thing. Yeah. Whereas like now he's doing it again. And it's like, it's like, well, like it worked the first time. It's not gonna work the second time. Yeah. Like it's, it's, you just can't do the exact same fucking thing as it before. Um, obviously, if if he does beat Kofi, I mean, that's that's a huge fucking heat. Oh, that, 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 that is a big deal. Him. That is a big deal. But yeah. we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um. So, anything else? Can I, can I throw? A, I mean, since we're talking about the, the him possibly finding a way to win. At the pay-per-view, can I just go back to the notion of his history and relationship with Big E, and if Big yeah. E would side with him and turn on Kofi, you would actually have a compelling story that would make sense, that would shock people, that you could go back and pull from history to explain it. Like, oh, stop! They don't do that in the WWE. <laughs> <laughs> you had me up so, until compelling. <laughs> so here's so here's the thing, I've 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 said it numerous times already. They're not turning him. Should they turn him? Yes, by fucking all means, yes. Biggie should turn. They're not going to do it though. Now, I've been wrong. Obviously, I said that they weren't going to put the title on Kofi, and I'd be happy to be wrong at this point. But I just do not see. With how much money those three make and everything like that, and and with how how important they are um, to SmackDown and everything, like that, I just do not see them breaking them up. But you know, anything can happen. I mean, if 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 that happens, I think that 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 would be a great sign that maybe they are starting to do some shit. Maybe they are starting to you know to listen to or or at least like understand that they need to do some of these big swings, you know. And maybe that is something that would maybe jump start jump starting the fucking program a little bit to make it a little See, bit more interesting. My thing is if they if they decide to turn Big E, they're saving that for the SummerSlam po- program, and they want the SummerSlam program to be for the WWE Championship. So in my opinion, Kofi is almost guaranteed to hold that title until then. You know what I mean? Why why waste the, if the big if they ever do the Big E turn, it's going to be big money, and you got to yeah. do it at SummerSlam. I mean. That makes sense, but you know, I mean, you can you can have Kofi lose the title and win it back. You yeah, know, you can but they have, have to, you, can, you know, they they love to stack on championship wins for people. That's true. I mean, look at Daniel Bryan as a three time WWE champion. If I had a if I had a ti- if I had a title reign for every time I returned, I'd be Charlotte Flair. Yeah, <laughs> that's a booking joke, y'all. <laughs> they were like, what? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That, so, and, and that t- speaks to what you were talking about earlier with Miss and John Cena. There are just, there are really not a ton of guys that can just get away with saying shit like that. Yeah, like, true. you know that wasn't on a script. Like, they just, that was right. all stuff. Like, Cena yeah. was one of those guys, and I think the New Day have reached the point. It's like, what the fuck are they going to do to us? Like, sure, let's go yeah. and have yeah. fun with it. And uh, and you can take that by, by ease Twitter, same thing. Um, yep. So, yeah, and that's that's what they're missing is more guys who just don't give a shit what happens out there. 
Yeah, it feels um, like it feels like Owens sometimes reaches into that, that that part too, but not to the extent that Cena and the New Day seem to have. Right. And John says, uh, if if Biggie doesn't turn, who the hell does Kofi face at SummerSlam? To which I say, who the fuck expected him to be facing Dolph Ziggler right now? Who knows? True. True. <sighs> Probably yeah, this, uh, this point started about Drake Maverick. Good on Drake. I'm glad he's finally the 24/7 champion. But um, did you? They happened to catch that Truth didn't even acknowledge him walking by the quote-unquote Carmella. Like, we saw it in the camera, but Truth kept looking backwards and going, Carmella, where are you? Like, he didn't even acknowledge that Drake was Carmella or even think that Drake was Carmella. He just tried to get in the car. (laughs) He doesn't think that Drake was Carmella. He thinks Carmella beat him for the championship. Did you not catch when, when Drake drove away and he said... Why? Nobody told me Carmella was getting married. Why wasn't I invited? He thinks Carmella beat him for the championship. He doesn't think Drake beat him for the championship. I know, but he didn't even acknowledge him when he walked by him, and he walked right by him. Like, he wasn't like, come on, Carmella, let's go. You know what he's I mean? an idiot. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, he, like I said, he doesn't think that that was Drake. He thinks that that was Carmella, because he's fucking stupid. Um, so, speaking of women... Uh, Bailey and Alexa Bliss had uh, another moment of bliss. Um, so we, you know, we sort of talked again about, um, you know, with, with Seth sort of being a little bit more of a heel. Bailey definitely is sort of that more gray area here, you know, coming out and kind of insulting Alexa and things like that. Not nearly to the extent, but I'm, I'm enjoying, you know, this new Bailey. But what we got was yet again, Alexa seems to find a way to, make her opponents seem like the heels. <laughs> and she did it with, you know, Nia Jax saying that Nia was a bully and stuff like that. She's been doing it with Bailey saying, Oh, you're gonna come out here and you're gonna just drink my coffee and 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 be mean and, and say mean things and, you know, she's claiming she's going on Twitter and and you know, and she refusing to sign on goes over that. Alexa has this amazing thing where it's like in her own world, she's the face. And everyone else is the bad guys kind of thing. But that's what a good heel should be. Yeah, exactly. A good heel should always believe their motivations are the right ones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. So, obviously, this is this is the second time that Alexa and Bailey have been in a feud together. And so far, uh, simply because they didn't have a This Is Your Life, this has been a far better feud. But, uh, J- Jason, what are your thoughts on the Bailey and Alexa uh, moment of bliss? First off, Bailey's jeans. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> Goddamn. I was going to say, I never knew I needed Bailey and jeans in my life, but apparently I do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, uh, it reminded me very much of the uh, Jason Derulo song, Wiggle. Um, uh, or even uh, the ladies' man with Tim Meadows. Lila, yeah. somebody stole two fine pan- hams and shoved them down the back of your pants. Um, <laughs> so, aside from that, I actually fucking loved this segment. I thought this was great because here's the thing: we've had so much interaction between these two that was based off stupid hokey bullshit. That now we have a program, and they gave us a credible believable backstory that provides motivation for the character to attack Bailey. Mm -hmm. And they're also doing it in a way where 
you're starting to see some of the other people in the locker room because they, they did that thing on Raw where ba- oh Bailey tw- they, Alexa just tweeted that Bailey refused to sign an autograph because someone was wearing a Nikki Cross shirt, and then she, Bailey leaves, and the other girl's like, "You don't really think she would do that, do you?" Like, yeah, they're starting to tell the story of Bailey. I'm starting to wonder if this is a setup for some sort of a Bailey turn, um, but. I love this shit. This, to me, was what this feud needed. It got some heat. It did it in a way that's relatable to other people. Um, Mm. And I thought it set up really nicely. I did... The only problem I had with it was was Alexa calling out Charlotte as being the one who had her back when she (laughs) talked a ton of shit about Charlotte in the past. Yeah. That was a, I don't know, I kind of thought of that as a throwaway line. But, but I, I almost, what? I almost the only thing missing to me would have been her saying, you and Sasha were, like, because you could have tied that to the whole Sasha mm-hmm. and Bailey as friends sort of being the mean girls when we always thought Alexa was the mean girl. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, but yeah, other than that, just amazing segment, really well done, and I'm fucking fired up for that match now. Yeah, I, I like the fact, too, that uh, they have they have set up where it makes total sense for Nikki Cross to help Alexa too. Yep. Because, you know, Alexa helped Nikki Cross out. And then now here's another chance where who's the person that attacked who first in this segment? Bailey was the one who attacked Alexa first. Mm-hmm. So it makes so for Nikki that that looks oh yeah she is the bully look she hit her first. You but, know? Well and, and they've also set up an opening for Nikki to cost Alexa the match mm-hmm. by accident. And then for Alexa to show her true colors to Nikki. So there's yeah. there's a ton of different ways they could go there. They they've right. also set up a beautiful situation where Bailey was pointing out a lot of truths. Like, look, Alexa's done this to other people. She did this to Nia Jax. She did this to uh, Mickey James. So maybe you know Nikki's got to go through a dynamic of do I help Alexa or is Bailey right? And that could play out. Yeah. And that would mm-hmm. be beautiful. And I you know what. Both Alexa and Bailey brought up really great points that and that's the best that's when feuds are at their best. Yeah. When you can literally see that both people have a have a valid case. The mm-hmm. only thing missing was look was Bailey saying, Look, you partner up with Alexa, you tear your ACL. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, the only thing missing from this was that outfit from last week's SmackDown from oh. Alexa. <laughs> and then you mix that with the jeans. Oh. Anyways, um, <laughs> have a whole Speak- nother perfect 10, but anyway. Speaking of hot chicks, um, Scarlett Bordeaux, after complaining about her pay, surprisingly was fired <laughs> by Impact Wrestling. So is that the reason she was fired? Like, I'm sure she's complaining she, in the... No, no, she wasn't fired. She requested her release. Oh, she that's different. Her release that the, is different. Okay. So, again, we, we, <laughs> we, haven't, we haven't really touched on this much, but... Um, Scarlett complained about how much she was getting paid. Scarlett worked like three or four days a month for Impact. Okay, like, you get what you pay for. She also, as Jason has said said in the past, signed that contract. She agreed to those terms. Uh, she was free to take outside bookings. She decided not to take outside bookings. So, you know, now she obviously kind of has to. Um, the other side of it was Killer Cross, because he is banging Scarlett Bruno, also asked for his release, and they're like, mm, nah. No, we like using you. Um, so, yeah. So, um, you know, obviously Scarlett came out and said, oh, Impact doesn't pay that good of that. Well, then don't don't fucking sign the contract. Don't work for him then. You don't but have her, to. Nobody's but, but, forcing but, you to work but, for him. No, no, no. But here's the problem. Here's the difference with Scarlett, though. Yeah. 
it's since come to light she wasn't on a regular contract. She was on still right. being paid. She was she was locked into exclusivity, but still being paid on a per appearance. So if she mm-hmm. doesn't appear on the show. She has she has to pay for her lodging and everything down there, and doesn't get paid off the show. So originally, what she requested was a regular talent contract where she would be paid regardless of usage with a downside guarantee. That's mm-hmm. what they refused. That's what she requested her release. Okay. And that's on them. They d- didn't feel like they wanted to use her full time. So, you know, I mean, that's... She was one of the most compelling things they had on that show. That's... Yeah, but it's impact. Impact on impact. Yeah, <laughs> they don't know how to, they don't know how to use talent. Not only that, a, a downside guarantee, I mean, I'm not too familiar, but I'm assuming that's usually reserved for in-ring talent. And for all accounts... Scarlet uh, was not not particularly, but no. typically it's the people that you want to want to want to use on your show. Is okay. you give them a downside guarantee because that way you know if if you tell them okay, well we don't have anything for you this week, they're not turning around and like booking elsewhere or something like that. That way, if something does fall through, you can turn around and be like, hey, uh, you're you're sitting in the back right now, not doing anything. Get out there and do a match, you know. Yeah. Or, get out there and, and be a manager for this person or by that. So, um, but again, like I said, I mean, they, they didn't feel that they wanted to use her that way. And, you know, and, and so she got, she can go now and be whatever she wants to be. So, but to that point, she was, she was largely free to book Indies if she wanted to. And she was, right. um, right. so the, the theory behind this is, well, the only reason she would request a release here would be, if she had a deal to go to either AEW or WWE, a place where she wouldn't be allowed to work, were she still working for Impact? Yeah. Now, there is uh, there is some smoke to that WWE rumor because we know that her and Seth Rollins are really good friends. Yeah. Um, she has trained at his black and yellow, black and blue, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, uh, gym. She's best friends with his ex girlfriend. I know. That. Yes, exactly. Oh. So I, so we could, you could totally see him trying to put in a good word and, and get her a job. I don't know if they would use her in ring. She's not the strongest in ring worker. Obviously, she's a very beautiful uh, Alicia woman. Fox. Uh, yeah. That's all. That's all I'm saying. It's like they, they I don't use know. Alicia Fox in ring. Oh, I know, I know. But, Could she you know, be worse see. than Alicia Fox? Um, and she's more fun to look at. So she is more fun to look at. Yeah. But uh, at least there'd be there could be something there for her, even if it's just you know a guest trainer or something like that, or makeup artist or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, Scarlett. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest, there, Scarlett. In any organization, her money is in front of the camera. Now, yeah. Yeah. managerial role, I'm down. Sure, yeah. put her as a managerial. She's proved she can do it. Why not? Yeah, I mean, um, I've always been a fan of managers when they're used correctly, <laughs> and, and I don't think that there's enough of them out there. Um, obviously, you know, Maria Canellas works as a manager. Um, you know, so yeah, I could see them hooking Scarlet up with somebody and having her be kind of the name. Uh, the other manager that we have right now, she's so terrible at her job that she can't get her tag team booked. So, and thanks, Paige. Uh, <laughs> But that does oh bring... no, she got her she got her team booked. I mean, it's not in the perfect ten, but we can talk about it. <laughs> no, no, we don't need to, uh, okay. because that because that takes us to known piece of shit Todd Sopel Dick of the Week. Because uh, wait, did we skip a bunch of stuff? Yeah, we definitely skipped a bunch of stuff. We're not done. Oh, I it, it has it's, oh. It, tie, it ties in with oh, the okay. current topic we're talking about. Oh. Uh, John, down... John on the side says they still use Lacey Evans. So that's true. <laughs> I, Scarlett is better than Le- is not as good as Lacey. Lacey Evans has 
Lacey Evans just needs more experience. I think she's. I, I think her problem was that they brought her up to the main roster and didn't use her for two months in the ring. So right. she yeah. sort of stagnated. Um, but yeah, uh, Lacey Evans is fine. And Scarlett isn't as bad as people make her out to be. She was working. She's with, not Brandy Rhodes. No, she was working with the, <laughs> with dudes a lot. She's Velvet she's, Sky. Right? I mean, would that be an apt comparison in ring? Maybe five years ago? I would, the, the problem for me with Scarlett in the, in the WWE sense is she's sort of redundant because she's Mandy Rose. You know what she'd be great with? She'd be great as like the baby doll of uh, Undisputed Era. No. No? no? Marina, Marina Shafir is, is going to be taking, is going to be joining the UE pretty soon. Anyways, we had a segment to talk about. No one piece of shit Todd's double dick of the week. Because while Scarlett Bordeaux was down in Mexico for a AAA show, one of the fans proceeded to go, I want some of that, and grabbed a hold of her and tried to pull her over the barricade. Uh, thankfully, I, I'm sorry, I don't know the other woman's name that was out there with her. Um, but uh, one of the other workers wound up grabbing her away from that fan. Oh, the guy tried to grab some titty, too. Yes, he did try. He did definitely try to stick some digits in her. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, um, this, uh, this, of course, brings up uh, continued issues with the fact that the fans in Mexico have had numerous times that they have done this kind of shit. Now, this isn't a this isn't a 14-year-old kid trying to grab some titty like we've seen in the past in WWE and stuff like that. That she can kind of get away with. This is like a 40-year-old fat dude who proceeded to just be like, I'm going to get involved in this shit. I don't care what you might be thinking at that moment. It is never okay to jump the barrier. It is never okay to grab the workers in the way that this guy did. And it's never okay to really touch the workers unless they invited themselves. If they're going by and, and putting out their hands, slapping their hands over that, that's fine that they're inviting it. Scarlett was in the middle of a match, in the middle of a move, and this guy grabbed her. Like, And now she took to Twitter and, and had sort of said the same thing that, that I just said, uh, but also said she didn't realize how scary it actually was because she was no, in the middle of a match. No, not until she watched it back. Yeah. Like, adrenaline going, whole thing. She didn't mm -hmm. even understand what was going on. Um, so there's two things that I have to say about this, is that, number one, I'm not giving anybody a pass, and I'm not giving any country a pass, but I feel like we get stuff reported like this from Mexico too often. And I don't know if it's an issue with the security in the building or the police down in Mexico or what have you, but anybody in the past 20 to 30 years is always like, well, when you go down to work in Mexico, you got to watch out because they'll fucking stab you. What? Like, that's some fucked up shit. Like, if you're a wrestler, you shouldn't have to fucking worry about somebody stabbing you or robbing you or groping you. Like, well, I mean, um, put a fucking no. cage up in front of the fans then if they're going to be that fucking uh, third world country. Yeah, well, well I mean, uh, no. To be fair, to be fair, friend of the show, uh, retrosexual Anthony Green recently did a trip down in Mexico and spoke of it glowingly. So I think it also depends okay. on the promotion where the where the show to. It's like anything else. I, and people, you. That's like saying because there is an asshole fan who grabs Bailey's tit at Money in the Bank, then all American fans are wild fucking animals. Like it's it's really right. not fair to do that. Yeah. But no, I, I mean bad stories about Mexico, like well, yeah, but, but you I hear mean, you gotta... bad stories about different places in this country too. That's true. That's true. Look yeah. at what happened in the fucking palace in Auburn Hills. You know. Oh yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> 
I mean, no one piece of shit Chris Jericho had remarked in his book, too, about some interesting things in Mexico. Um, but again, I mean, it depends on where you go. I mean, it depends on where you go in America, too. I mean, I'm, I'm here in Wisconsin, and one, you know, one of the Brewers players a couple of years ago got mugged in Milwaukee. I mean, it, it happens any place you go. I mean, David Ortiz got his leg blown off in Dominican Republic, you know. Doesn't mean that the entirety of the Dominican Republic is terrible. It, it just was, means that um, 90, 92% of the Dominican Republic is terrible. You know, there I mean, was a baseball fan a couple of years ago at a Giants Dodgers game, and um, he got jumped by two fans yeah. in the parking lot. Like, yeah. that wasn't even. Yeah. yeah, that's fucked up yeah. shit. There's, guess what? There's assholes everywhere in the world. But uh, the other thing is. Um, in regards to this whole Scarlett situation is when she talked about this online to make the situation even worse fucking online losers decided to try to slut shame her and be like oh well this is this happened because you dressed a certain way well you've got celebrities that are are slut shaming women every chance they get so that's that's nothing new in the, in this environment that we've we've built this this society that we built it's it's always the woman's fault for a lot of people so um you and you got to remember too that uh, at least like 20% of those are just trolls there's yeah. a good portion of them that really feel that way that oh because she dresses that way that she sh- it's okay that she can be like abducted and sold into slavery like no <laughs> First of all, it's just not sure. how it works. I mean, you know, and again, like, she's a wrestler. Like, the guys are out there in less clothing than she's in, you know? Like, so because Daniel Bryan just wears, like, the, the little trunks, he's it's okay if he gets abducted and chained to a dude's bed for the night? No. Like, come on, dude. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I mean, don't, just fucking don't listen to that shit because those people just, just need attention, you know? John on the side says Jericho probably gets upset when fans wave a sandwich in his general direction. That's true. I mean, like I said, I mean Jericho. Jericho at this point has is so self-involved and jaded. It's it's hard to take anything he says. It. But again, and, like I said, I mean, Mike uh, Smathers adds that the Rock slut shames someone every time he shows up on WWE TV, which is he nice. does. <laughs> he really does. That's a good point. Uh, I mean, you know, it, it's that's sort of the way it is. I mean, right now we're we're sort of. We're, we're utilizing insults of, towards Seth Rollins about him being Becky Lynch, you know? I mean, and it's just by proximity, you know? Um, anyways, so let's let's talk a little AEW. Um, these things, I guess, can kind of be rolled into one because we had another episode of uh, Road to Fighter Fest that dropped this week. Not anything in it, to me at least, that was, like, incredibly eye-popping. Um, it set up some things, obviously, um, we looked at uh, the tag team. I can't remember what their fucking names are at this point. Mark Quinn and I forget the other guy's name. Shit, I watched it. I really did. <sighs> but uh, but they 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 kind of detailed their past. We had Brandy. It's a private uh, party, by the way. Private party. That's what it is. Yep. Um, and then we had the uh, the guy from CEO who's going to be in a match uh, against uh, um, Jabaley. Yeah, Jabaley, who's going to be in a match against Naka Nakazawa. Nakazawa. Yep. Um, which was a cool story too. Um, he kind of talked about the fact that he fucked up his ankle on when he was training, and now he's gonna have to wrestle a match in a boot. Uh, which, but he's still gonna do it, so I'll give him that. Um, but uh, no, but no, the, that was, that was, he, so the story he was telling was last year's event because last year's event. Sorry, Nakazawa okay. last year 
in his first match, and he blew out his ACL while training for the match. So someone else took it, and he went in and interfered or made it a triple threat or something. Okay. All right. So this year he finally gets to show up. Okay. Uh, But, of course, the the big announcement that came out of it was uh, Brandy Rhodes, still in her normal monotone voice, proceeded to say that we will have a women's championship and we will unveil it at All Out. Um, she proceeded to you know, show some of the different women that, uh, that the company employs right now, and there's definitely, there's definitely a lot of people who could be the inaugural champion. It's, it's hard for me to really point out who's going, who that's going to be. Obviously, you know, Britt Baker getting the win is sort of puts the attention on her, but I mean, look at how many different women they have, you know, on that roster that could easily take the championship firsthand. Well, you got Kylie uh, Ray, you got Nyla Rose, you got what? Awesome Kong, Allie. Awesome yep. Kong, Allie. Yep. Uh, you've got all uh, the Japanese women that they've signed. Yep. You've also got B B Priestley. Yeah. Um, well, we haven't oh, seen I yet. What about B? We haven't that, seen and it. That, yet. that is interesting because now they're talking about their third or fourth show, and we still really haven't heard her name for anything. And we're mm-hmm. making matches for all these shows. Well, she yeah. may be tied, you know, tied up in progress or wherever she's at right now. But yeah. the fact that she signed, she probably is going to be it all out. I would assume. You would think so. Um, and then you've also got uh, Penelope Ford. So oh, yes. Oh yeah. yeah, so oh, I guess oh, yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah you do. Yeah. I mean, well, we don't we don't have Penelope Ford in the way Kip Stevens has Penelope Ford, mm-hmm. unfortunately. But <laughs> poor Joey Janela. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, so the uh, um, so yeah, so uh, Sal, who would you pick as your first AEW Women's Champion? I, I, I know. Shut up. Well, <laughs> I, look, I know it's cliche, but I'd go with Dr. Britt Baker. I mean, you can't go fucking wrong. She's got the in-ring skills. She's got the name. She's got the, the talent. Um, she could be the first women's champion easily. And I will say this. You know, I was fortunate enough to listen to Tony Khan this week in an in a interview he had did, did. He actually joined Austin's podcast for the first new Austin podcast in six months. And um, this isn't – Tony Khan's an interesting cat because – he is like what you would think like Billy Bean is to like baseball statistics and like he's a, he's you know a money mark. That's what he yeah. is. That's what they but, call him in the business. But he's uh he's very like historical. Like he knows way too much about wrestling, probably more than we do. Oh, he's like, a fan. Yeah. Yeah. But he's you know, he seems to make it a point that he's going to make sure that women's wrestling is treated the same way as men's and a lot of people can say that. But you know, hell, I'm I'm glad they're they're gonna sh- you know show off the title at All Out. I look forward to what their division can consist of. Okay, Jason, who would you choose for your first champion? Who would I choose, or who do yeah. I think it's gonna be? Because I'm fairly certain at this point it's gonna be Brandy Rhodes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't put it past them, but go ahead. Uh, who I would choose from a wrestling perspective, I might go Awesome Kong just because of the name recognition and, and exposure she brings to the company, especially with Glow Season 3 about to drop, too. Um, yeah. I think from a PR perspective, as you're building a new company, that's the biggest name you have to put the title on. Yeah, I think... Um, but it's going to be Brandy well, Rhodes. Probably, but you got you got to think for for an inaugural champion of a brand new championship. Um, you don't want to do Heath Slater and Rhino. You want to have somebody that 
is your like you can look back on and say this was the first champion. Awesome Kong was our first champion. That's why I would pick Awesome Kong. Uh, not to say that Britt Baker can't be the second champion, but I think that yeah, for for leading into the the television program, you know, I think that that it looks better to have people that people know as champion than than to just turn and be like. The fuck is this guy with his belt? Okay, well, why do I care about this? You know, so I, I think that's the aspect of it. Now, um, we also heard that they're going to have women's tag team championships, uh, which of course I I remarked they don't have any women's tag teams. So have, they announced that on the show. I didn't see that. <laughs> they did not announce it on the show. That is no been, con con announced it. Con announced it on on Stone Cold's podcast. Yeah, my guess is that Christopher Daniels. Kenny Omega, um, Cody Rhodes, and the Young Bucks all were listening to that. Going, wait, wait, we're what? We're what? <laughs> what are we doing? Right. Uh, yeah, because they haven't signed anybody who is a, a established tag team. They don't have anyone on the roster who even were former tag team I mean, partners with each other. There are a ton really, of established so. women's tag teams in the business in general. It's not something that typically has right, been you, a focal point. Yeah. But you have you have a, a legacy of shine tag team champions, shimmer tag team champions, most um, of whom the, were singles performers who partnered up. I mean, but at least, I, but somebody, at least there's a story. Somebody brought up the uh, I'm sorry, the, oh god, I'm I'm blanking on their tag team name, uh, the Twisted Cunts. Sisters. Um, <laughs> yes, I brought up the Twisted Sisters because they are an established tag team. But but they but they're singles wrestlers who who team up together. I mean, so are the Bar. Yeah, but the, but then the bar wrestled exclusively as as a tag team. Thunder Rosa is still all over the place as a singles competitor. Yeah, I, I understand it, but like I said, I would I I think that you would still want to have people that you can talk about that they've been teaming for a while. They can talk about they were they were tag champions and this this thing and the way that. Other than just like here's here's our new two women that we just threw together. I I still think that you want to have. People that have at least tagged with each other in the past, so you can bring up that past when you're talking uh, about Allie and Rosemary. That's something. That's a, that's something that's happened in the past. You know, I mean that that's something that you can pull on. Is hey, you these two were partners for a while. You know, um, what you what you can't do is you can't say, oh, Kylie Rose and Britt Baker are you know are, are a veteran hey, tag team because hey, they're not. Hey, smiley dentists. I know. That's what right. I'm saying. <laughs> So yeah, so that that's my only concern with it. But obviously, I mean, you can you can make two people have a, a, a compelling story and why they would team up with each other, no right. problem. So, um, but the other aspect of uh, Road to Fight to Fighter Fest was Brandy talking about the fact that uh, All Out could have double sold out because of the interest and the number of people that were in queue for tickets. Uh, she brought up the fact that it was somewhere in the in the excess of three hundred thousand people were in queue to try to buy tickets to All Out. Um, so obviously that is. It's one hundred thirty-five thousand, I believe. Oh, the um, Fighter Fest. She said three hundred thousand. They had a little graphic. Uh, I could be wrong. I know. I know. I know what. I know what was reported was one hundred seventy-five thousand. What they said on the on the YouTube video was three hundred thousand. So. Uh, take that, but either way, that's a fucking hell of a lot of people that wanted to go to this event. It's also kind of <sighs> look. Look, if you're AEW, absolutely toot your own horn, promote yourself. That's what you. That's what you have to do for the next couple months. 
Yeah. However, uh, take everything with a grain of salt as a fan because, of course, something new that is going to a 20,000-seat venue in Chicago, people are going to be clamoring for tickets. You know what I mean? If this was all in eight and it was at Reliant Stadium, are they really going to be selling out in four minutes? Probably not. You know what I mean? Like, I, I saw the comparison this week of WrestleMania. Look, WrestleMania's been around for 35 fucking years. I mean, they're not going to be as... Uh, you know, sought after as when they first started doing WrestleMania. But okay, shouldn't no, 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 the, no, no, shouldn't no. the biggest sporting events of WWE every year be sought after? So here, here's, here's where that so. fails. Here's there's, the, there's been 50 Super Bowls that still sells out every year. That was the, yeah, that's why. <laughs> well, yeah, but WrestleMania hasn't not sold out. I mean, as far as WrestleMania goes, they do sell out. They may take two months to get there, but okay. So can I here? There's several, several flawed comparisons being made here as we discuss this uh the first being wrestlemania isn't just wrestlemania wrestlemania is four five nights of live events you're talking uh, nxt takeover hall of fame wrestlemania raw and smackdown afterwards so you're talking five events you're basically asking people to participate in for Mm -hmm. a lot of people where it's easier to just watch it from home um Mm -hmm. now as we speak of aew the thing with aew is yes they had tremendous uh, turnout and early ticket purchases for All In. They had tremendous ticket purchases for Double or Nothing. Now, All In was the first non-WWE pay-per-view to try to seat, I think, 30,000 people. Uh, so there was a thing to it. It was it was a first. Double or Nothing was their first big pay-per-view. Like, there was, there was, it was a destination pay-per-view is the mm-hmm. best way I can say it. Absolutely. Similar to WrestleMania. Uh, All Out is sort of a destination pay-per-view. It's sort of their WrestleMania, their second year doing this. Mm-hmm. Fighter Fest and Fight for the Fallen are both in significantly smaller arenas and both have a large number of tickets still available. Well, so this notion that the AEW product is so hot that they're selling it, it's misguided. It's, of course yes, it AEW's hot. Yes, there's a ton of interest. But that's not going to translate to a monthly pay-per-view selling out like that all the time because their other events are not selling out right now. Real quick on Fighter Fest, uh, I had heard this week also that it is a part gamer fest. Now, I was yes. unaware of this. Uh, well, you should have so, listened to me on the rundown two weeks ago because I told you all that. <laughs> I was here. I must have missed it. Um, I mean, that's cool. I, I, I love gaming, so... Well, Kenny Omega I, loves gaming. That's the impetus. Right, and that's kind of why it's happening. Um, Fight for the Fallen's got an amazing concept where, you know, the proceeds go to victims of gun violence. Good on them. What the fuck happened to Troy? I'm still here. My, my oh. uh, camera <laughs> <laughs> I got very worried for a second. Um, so, yeah, like you said, it, it's very, you know. Look, you're going to promote. You, of course, Brandy's going to go on her YouTube channel and be like, hey, we had 300,000 people in queue. Yeah, fuck it. Promote the shit out of it. That's what you have to do. But I think we as wrestling fans and as wrestling community have to take all of this shit with a grain of salt. Like, it's not, you know, the be all end all fucking. I need to go to All Out or I'm going to die. No, and again, <laughs> it, as AEW continues, it's going to, the novelty of these events is going to wear off. And the, the, the true test becomes can they survive once that novelty has worn off? Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. I mean, on the flip side, though, speaking of how hard it is to go to a 20,000-seat arena and continue to sell out, uh, it was reported this week that WWE is having a shit ton of problems uh, with stomping grounds, that they don't have even 70% of the tickets sold. So before you get into our, our main event there, um, we would just like to take a second to uh, allow Jason to explain uh, his current outburst and why he is so upset right now. <laughs> Nobody outside of Boston cares. But uh, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> r- round two, number 33rd pick, non-guaranteed contract. Bull Bull is still sitting there, and the Celtics just took some... Guy named Carson Edwards. So I mean, maybe maybe he's a pedophile. You don't know. I mean, maybe they know something. We don't. Um, so yeah, so Sal wants to talk about our main event, which is of course, uh, with all the talks of changes, how is it this week's pay per view is almost all rematches and nothing new really came about. Um, so this really is just like kind of shit. I mean, I don't. <laughs> I don't really want to watch this pay-per-view. You know, there's nothing that's really enticing me to to sit down and watch it. I mean, all the matches well, are except for Samoa Joe versus Ricochet. Yeah, yeah, Cause, that cause that I, I can see. In that match, Ricochet is going to be taking names and fingering assholes. So <laughs> that's right. Uh, but I mean, but, not only that, we're diehard fans. We're gonna watch Seth versus Corbin. No, I know I'm not. Oh no, now you're not. You okay. were, it's weird. You were on my small little window when I went to. The- <laughs> um, you know, we're diehard fans. We're going to watch, you know, see what happens with Seth and Corbin. We're going to see what happens with Dolph and Kofi. But, yeah, there's a lot of people that are, are diehard, net, you know, network subscribers. And they're like, eh, if I see it, I see it. And, and at first I was kind of wondering, well, are they redoing a bunch of matches from, you know, Sandy battles because maybe some people didn't see it or maybe not everybody had access to it. But then they're also doing rematches for Money in the Bank. Like, I'm sorry, but we already saw Becky and Lacey and there's no new steps. So really? (laughs) And 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 the the fucked up part is, is I think WWE looks at this and they think that they are giving us new matches because we're getting uh, Daniel Bryan and Biodiesel versus you know, heavy machinery. We're getting... Okay, well, uh, well, hold on. About that. That was added this week. Ticket sales are struggling. So you're not promoting shit. No, no, no. Ticket sales are struggling. It's in Tacoma, Washington. Are you really Mm. shocked that they tried to add Daniel Bryan to the card? No, not at all. Um, They also added uh, New Day versus Owens and Zayn this week. And And yet no revival. Your your tag team champions. Yep. Uh, hey, at least we got one of the tag team championships online, which is great. Um, and look, I love Owens and Zayn, and I think there is a natural story there with the New Day. But that seems like a throwaway match. <laughs> that has yeah. kickoff written all over it. Yeah. So here's here's my other issue though, is that the show that Vince McMahon forgets exists rehashed their fucking challengers too. The Cruiserweight Championship has Tazawa and Gulak going against Nice. Like, fucking really? Like, we can't we can't put Canellis in that? We can't put Oni Lorcan in that? We can't put somebody new to be on the fucking main roster show to, for, to go for the championship? No, we've got to use the same fucking two goofs that we've used before that I've lost. 
Like, even the Cruiserweight Championship is an, an old, stale matchup. Well, this is why I don't understand why Davari didn't just take the title last month. Because anything... Tony Nese has already fought everybody on that roster. He's been he on, has a on part-time job as a strip club bouncer that he can't get out of sometimes. I guess. But he, t- Tony Nese has already fought everybody on that roster m- roster multiple times. He's really? been there since when, the when inception. Did fight, when did he fight Mike Canales? No, no, I'm talking about the guys he's fighting now, like like uh, Gulak and fucking uh, Stamina Monster over there. <laughs> yeah. More, more on that if you listen to Hurry Up and Cruiserweight, now available on RundownWrestling.com. Uh, so I guess uh, we can go ahead and then make our picks, unless you guys had something else to say about uh, about this event. Nope. Yeah, it's that's that's kind of my feeling too. Like, why why bother even? I mean, mm-hmm. this you know we it's got we a have, very why bother feeling. Well, and again, this is another one of their brand new like we we somebody made a logo for this and we came up with a new name. This time we don't have to pay Jerry Lewis for for the rights. Uh, let's let's have a first fucking you know pay per view event starting something new and then they lay this piece of shit on us. Uh, but let's get into uh, the the picks for this. The SmackDown Women's Championship is on the line as Bailey takes on Alexa Bliss. Um, Ginger has chosen Alexa Bliss because wildcard bitches. Uh, <laughs> me me and Adam have chosen Bailey Salhiga. I went with Bailey, and they have made this compelling. I don't think they pulled the plug on Bailey's title reign just yet. So I think she, you know, this is a good challenger for her, and it's a good story. But ultimately, Bailey retains. All right, and Jason. I was going with Alexa until I saw those jeans. Now I'm going with Bailey. <laughs> I thought you were going to say until you saw that Ginger chose her. That too. Uh, well, that too. <laughs> uh, Roman Reigns takes on Drew McIntyre because fuck it. Uh, I have gone with the big dog yet again, winning. Uh, Jason, he got. I think they gotta get Drew McIntyre's win back here, especially since they seem to be establishing Shane's group as like a power group. Uh, so I'm gonna go power uh, bottoms. Yes. Okay. Uh, Sal, he got. There's a real big part of me that's like, there's no way fucking Roman loses on two big shows in a row, but. They have to give Drew his win back, or else he's nothing. He's literally nothing if he doesn't win this match. So I gotta go, Drew. Adam and Ginger also agree with you on that. Um, I mean, he has the revival at his at his back, and they're taking they're kicking ass and taking cell phones. So that's right. They're stealing money, Drew's money. <laughs> that's right. They're uh, they're chewing ass and beating bubble gum, and they're all out of bubble gum. Uh, the Raw Women's Championship is on the line as Becky Lynch takes on Lacey Evans again for no reason. Um, I, just because I want to be contrarian, have one with Lacey Evans to win the championship because fuck it. Uh, <laughs> Ginger and Adam have gone with Becky Lynch. Sal, who you got? Becky Lynch. I'm sorry. Lacey's not ready for this title. Oh, I didn't say she was ready. I'll say they're going to give it to her. Uh, Jason. <laughs> uh, Becky Lynch. Ginger Ginger chose so many of these same like ones as you guys are going to, so I need somebody needs to lose. So that's why I'm just gonna just go on willy nilly with my picks. Uh, the Universal Championship is on the line as Bra- or sorry, Seth Rollins takes on Baron Corbin with Brock Lesnar as special guest referee, because it's gonna be Brock, right? It's totally gonna be Brock. I, it special has guest to be out <laughs> Unless it's unless it's fucking Shane. <laughs> Let's yeah. give him more time. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, it's it's got to be one or the other, and it's probably going to be Brock. Um, so I went with Seth. Uh, Ginger and Adam went with Seth. Jason, who you got? Um... This shouldn't be as hard as it is. But Are you I talking can, about Stick? I can totally envision a scenario where it is Brock as the referee. Baron Corbin uses Brock to help him win the title, and then Brock cashes in on him right away. Okay. Uh, but that sort of faces Baron Corbin a little bit, or at least Brock Lesnar, and I think that hurts, so I'm going to say Seth. Okay. Uh, Sal? I'm going to go with Seth, and I just thought of something. Brock... Will you come to Tacoma, Washington to be the referee? Nope. Click. <laughs> uh, Tacoma, Washington's not that far from Canada, dude. Yeah, man. I know. I mean, <laughs> well, t- take a look at the other events that he went to. Like, he doesn't give a fuck. It's not like he actually leaves. Like, he goes straight from the airport to the fucking arena and then goes right back to the airport. It's not like he's seeing the cities. Um, all right. Um, will there be a cash-in? Uh, Jason. Fuck it, why not? Sure. Okay. Uh, Sal. Uh, I don't. I starting to have doubts that Brock even shows up. I really do. Okay. Uh, me, Ginger, and uh, Adam all went no. Uh, the WWE Championship is intended in a cage match as Kofi Kingston will take on Adolf Ziggler. Um, Jason. Kofi. All right, Sal. Kofi. All the rest of us went with uh, Kofi as well. Um, will there be a cash-in? Because, again, Brock can cash in on either person. It's not completely a sell he got. Fuck it, why not? Sure. <laughs> He's just going to cash in twice. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, no, no, it's not going to be a cash right. Jason? No. Okay. Because it, it will be happening in the match. Okay. Everyone else will know as well. Uh, the U.S. Championship is on the line as Samojo defends against Dickashay. Um, I've gone with Samojo to retain because I think it, they just gave it back to him. Um, Adam went with Dickashay, uh, mostly because he, he likes butt stuff. Uh, Ginger went with Samojo. Sal, who you got? I'm going with Joe to retain. Right, I know man. that doesn't sound right when you say it out loud, but no, I think he's going to retain. Jason. It seems way too soon to take this belt off of Joe. But he just did it last month. That's the whole belt thing. Off he, was not, he was not planned to have the title at this point. It was a uh, break glass in case of emergency situation. So I'll say Ricochet. Why the fuck not? Just okay. to be different. I did enjoy your emphasis on the word but. Uh, <laughs> the New Day take on Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Hey, it's not um, necessarily him. It could be somebody with an identical fucking tattoo to him, right? So, it could be. Didn't you guys? Uh, it's totally him, dude. Because there was another video. There's another video that you can totally see his face. Uh, okay. Wasn't wasn't there a dude that you guys used to used to complain about who had the same tattoos as Jeff Hardy? I have no idea. Or or Randy or Randy Orton was it? Oh was, yeah, yeah. Well, we the, we won't mention that live okay. on the show. But yeah, All there right. was a guy who had Randy Orton's tattoo set. So who you got in this match? The guy who has Randy Orton's tattoos. <laughs> uh, I you talk about the New Day versus Owens and Zayn? Yeah. The New Day because fuck Owens and Zayn, they don't matter. They're gonna get shoved all the way down the card. Okay. Uh, Jason already said the guy who has Randy Orton's tattoos. 
so I, me, Ginger, and Adam. Yeah, so I'll go with Owens exact... and Zayn. By the way, thank you. Oh, okay, okay. All right, all right. I'll, I'll, I'll change that. All right. Uh, the Cruiserweight Championship on the line is Tony Noose takes on Tazawa Andrew Gulak. Uh, me and Ginger have gone with Tony Noose retaining. Jason, who you got? I think it's going to go to Mike Bennett eventually, so I'm going to say Tony Noose retains for now. They did resign, so you have to feel like eventually they're going to run out of people for him to face. Yeah. Um, Adam went with uh, Drew Gulak. Sal, who you got? I think Drew Gulak. I think he's been doing a lot of good work lately, and I can see him getting a heel run. Oh, fair enough. Uh, and uh, last match on the list here, obviously I don't know the the, the actual like order these going in, but the SmackDown Live Take Team Championships in line as Daniel Bryan and Biodiesel take on the Fat Mechanics. Um, so, Jason, who you got? Uh, it's close to Daniel Bryan's hometown. I'm just saying. That's never a good formula for defending a title, uh, but I'm going to go with Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan. All right, Sal? Well, considering this match will be a pre-show match and they don't want to piss off the crowd right at the beginning of the show, I say Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan retain. They're not faces, you realize. I, it's, dude, it's Daniel fucking Bryan. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. So... That takes us to... It's not the way to spell championship. That takes us to uh, what's going on in the independent area there. I'm going to maybe stall for a little more time until... There we go. What's going on, Jason? Well, uh, Atlantic Pro Wrestling on Saturday, August 17th, presents Super Summer Smash from the Newburyport Elks Lodge, 25 Low Street, Newbury, Mass. Doors open at 545, bell time at 630. If you get your tickets now, there are still VIP packages available, but they are selling fast. VIP packages get you in to a special meet and greet with some of the guys we're going to talk about in just a minute. Reserved front row seats are $20. Reserved second row seats are $15. Advanced general admission is $12. It is 15 at the door. Individual ticket purchases do not grant you access to the meet and greet. You must purchase a VIP package to participate in that. In our main event, the APW Heavyweight Championship will be on the line as the brawler, Brian Malonis, Ring of Honor star, friend of the show, comes to Newbury to try to reclaim his championship from Dynamite Danny Miles. The APW New England Championship will be on the line as Demon Ortiz defends that title against the man returning to APW, Vern Vicalo. Just announced this past week, the APW Women's Championship will be on the line as Angel Sinclair makes her APW debut as she challenges Vanity Vixen for the championship. Retrosexual Anthony Green takes on the masshole Mike McCarthy in a match I'm personally really looking forward to seeing. Also appearing on the show will be former NXT and WWE star Simon Grimm. And Brawler Malonis will be bringing Future of Honor stars to APW with him with the debuts of Brian Johnson, Rayo, and Dante Caballero. Those three men, as well as Simon Grimm, will all be part of our pre-show meet and greet for which you have to buy a VIP package. So I encourage you to do so. Should be a really fun night. We are looking forward to it. For more information, go to facebook.com slash Atlantic Pro Wrestling. The company that known piece of shit Todd Sobel called the best company in a 40-mile radius, Peabody's top independent wrestling company, The Proving Ground, returns to the Peabody Knights of Columbus on Saturday, August 31st for Level 5. The aforementioned Ring of Honor superstar brawler Brian Malonis faces off with the so-called king of the monsters, Kevin Giles. 
The Proving Ground Championship will be on the line when current champion, the ace, Mike Montero, steps into the ring with longtime rival, the PGOG, Derek Conway. King Leon the Sixth and Corin Mink will get married live in the ring. All that and much more, except known piece of shit Todd Stovall, because he ain't fucking booked on August 31st. Sorry, I was uh, looking at our Twitter. Not our Twitter, but the one that you added on there. Oh, uh, that does it for the run up for this Thursday, June 20th, 2019. Please oh, hold on. rate Can us. I just uh, catch up because I'm, I'm an asshole and I missed a lot of stuff on the side yeah. here. Just to get this. Uh, John, Stomping Grounds is an uninspired and on basically every level. No IC title on the line. Bailey wins, starting to set up Alexa versus Nikki. Uh, he might be wrong, but he always bets on Roman. Becky is a lock in this one. Seth wins with no cash in. Brock isn't showing up for stomping grounds. Uh, has Joe winning and then says, who cares? I mean, KO and Sammy. Sammy has eaten something like 45 pins a month and needs a win. Uh, says Gulak's going to win and not heavy machinery. So there's there's John's picks. Right. Sounds good. Um, that does it. For the rundown for this Thursday, June 20th, 2019. Please rate us five stars and review, and we will read your reviews on air. You can follow us on Twitter at Rundown Network. You can like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Rundown Wrestling. You can email us, show your dick pics via Rundown Wrestling at gmail.com. Go to Instagram.com slash Rundown Wrestling, or go to YouTube.com slash Rundown Wrestling to hear all of our past videos, as well as watch us live every Thursday around 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. You can leave us a voicemail at 617-863-6967. That's 61-RUNDOWN-7. We are now on Patreon. Uh, Sal is coming. Head over to patreon.com slash rundownwrestling to become a patron. All patrons will receive early access to shows on the Rundown feed, <coughs> as well as some swag and original content. You can go there right now to patreon.com and listen to Blue Fist Episode 2, featuring me and the host of Making the Great and the Nitromania podcast, Adam, as we discuss... 1999's Smackdown. Uh, you can listen to that now instead of having to wait a couple of days. Check out our website, rundownwrestling.com, for information on all of our other great shows, such as the Nitromania podcast, Hurry Up and Cruise Away to Make a Great, NXT Revisited, Twat Magic, and WrestleMania Salvation. You can listen to our friends, the brawler Brian Malonis and Mike Crockett on the wrestling podcast about nothing with new podcasts every Monday. Go to facebook.com slash the WPN or the WPN.com. You can check out our friend Justin Michaels on his show, Yesterland Waltz. Go to yesterlandwaltz.com or watch it on your Roku through the RNTV app or the 24 7 Retro app. You can follow our hosts on Twitter at jstort0920 at rockstartroy at going out of business sale at the Salzer Effect. At Realist Tommy, at the Johnny Analog, at Ginger19876, at Hurry Up and Cruiser, sorry, Hurry Up Cruiser, and at Little Sex Buddha, uh, which is, oh, she's like, I completely blacked her name. Rain something, right? Me- something, Megan. right? Me- Megan Rain. Megan Rain, that's what I was, yep. Thanks to all of you for listening. Thanks to Sal. Thank you, Troy. Thanks to Jason. Thanks. Good to be back for a week at least. I know. And fuck Todd Sobel. <laughs> Next week, we continue to pledge ourselves to pictures of beautiful men. Please, so, join us. So I guess that means we will see you next Thursday. See your ass next time. Bye-bye.
Can somebody please draft Bulbul? 